0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So I'm not too old, but throughout my career, I've had the opportunity of working for a number of different companies. And each chance I've made a transition into some type of management. You know, some of it was being entry level, some of it a little further. Um, But the one thing that I've always seen that lacked uh, once I got into those uh, different titles and, and fields was a lack of people that looked like me, and a lack of people that represented where I came from, sometimes that represented my ideas, or just a a background of experience that I bore with me. Um, So today, I wanted to sit down with a good friend of mine. Uh, We've worked together in previous fields, and dive deeper into the importance of making sure that there is a end game for someone and the entry level positions. Making sure that someone who looks like me has the opportunity to Excel at in any position that they uh, see themselves in. I think one of the biggest things, especially as we crave a diverse society, is making sure that children and um, young adults and those that are entering the workforce see people that look like them and represent them and where they come from so that they can see the shot that they need to shoot for. So with that, um, we're going to sit with LaShawn. She is an HR representative um, and has been so in her field for a number of different years. And we're going to cover all of that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail and figure out what, what, from an HR perspective, how that is tackled in the workplace, and how individuals that don't find diversity within their particular field can find a way to help improve their workplace and, and create a more diverse environment. Okay, so welcome on the podcast, LaShawn. Um, LaShawn, what's going on? It's been a while since we've <laughs> sat down and had a, a little chat.
1: Absolutely. First of all, shout out to the Salaz Corner fans, the one of you out there. Um, Appreciate <laughs> you tuning in. Hey, the one. Well, yes, it's it more than one.
0: It's more than one fan. Oh, okay. All right. I'm proud of you. Um, so I really wanted to, I, honestly, I don't really know what you even, uh, what your opinion is on some of these uh, topics as we dive into that. Uh, goal of equal representation within the workplace. but I wanted you know one thing that I'm trying to steer this podcast into is being more candid and less of a uh, interview and questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in our most candid moments is when we find our truth and find something that's a little bit more genuine. So with that said, um, what you know just from your perspective as a, someone who has lived in the world, how long have you been a, an HR professional?
1: HR. I've been in the field for about ooh, 2012, so I'm going on year seven.
0: Nice. What What's your um, What drove you into working in HR and and um, staying in the field for for seven years?
1: Ugh. I found that a lot of people, at least my age. We kind of fall into HR. A lot of us have communication backgrounds right. or our degrees, and we kind of didn't know where we wanted to go with it. So I kind of just was working here and there, and I was working overnight at a hotel for a long time. And I said to myself, this is not going to be the long-term move for me. Right. So then I started thinking about what is it with each job that I've held that I liked the most? So I liked what's called onboarding. I didn't know that's what it was called then, but it's about – Training and make sure making sure the people who are new to the organization, everyone is giving a consistent message. I was doing role plays with them, I was doing flashcards, I was doing mm. quizzes. I was like really the person to make them um, to make sure that they had all the necessary information they needed as a new person. So then I said to myself, okay, there has to be a master's degree that falls along with that. So I Googled around and I came across St. Joe's had a organiz- like training and organizational development program. So I did that while working overnight, while also teaching aerobics, while also doing a part-time job, while also doing an internship because, you know, hustling out here. So that's, that's a serious <laughs> hustle right there. Jeez. Serious hustle. And then I got my first break um, as an HR assistant at a insurance company.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, you know, so I, I think for... I've had the, like I said, I've had the privilege for working for a number of different companies. It's once, especially once you get into that management role, your ties with HR just become a little bit more intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot more communication. There's a lot more overall planning on how you execute, not just your position, but like the company's vision and agenda. I think with that, also coming from you know that line level employee level i think there's a huge disconnect with what people think hr actually is mm-hmm. what the hell is hr <laughs> are you there to just make people feel comfortable mm-hmm. are you there to just side with me when i come to complain to you mm-hmm. like i think there's a, a, a big disconnect and like what people what people think hr is supposed to do in their role, so a lot of people think they're there, they're they are there just to protect managers mm-hmm. in their positions, um, and fire employees. What, what's what's saved the world?
1: Huh, it's a little bit of everything, um. Mo- I actually went to an HR event and a young lady told me that she didn't know what, her age, what they were there for, what she can go to them for. Most people think we're there to hire and fire. Right. That is accurate. We're also there to, of course, make sure policies and procedures and rules and all of that are followed. But we're also there for, uh, if you want to progress into a different role or if you're looking to transition maybe to a different department, or if you feel like you want more training, like cross-training somewhere else, we'll be able to have that conversation with you and let you know like maybe you need three more months or Maybe you're ready now. Let's do a mock interview. I've done that. Um, Recruiting is a heavy part of it and figuring out if this person is a fit for the organization. If you're a culture fit, um, what else do we do? Um, You know, benefits. We do employee engagement. So we want to, some people come to work and they aid and skate. That's fine. That means coming to work for eight hours. You don't want to say to do anything extra. You don't want to do committee service. You don't want to come to the holiday party. You don't want to donate anything Donate anything, that's fine. But then we have people who you know, like where they work and they want to be more involved. They come to me with suggestions as far as here's a community service initiative that we can be a part of. Or, I don't know, they just have ideas. And what else we can do to make employees happy? So we tap into that. Of course, there's, there's disciplinary conversations; those are a must. And we're not just on the side of managers. That <laughs> is a common misconception. It is. I am it here really is. to squash that. We are really here to be the liaison between the two. Sometimes you need an interpreter for. Uh, managers, listen, this is what your employee is trying to say. So making sure that sometimes they need that buffer there. Sometimes we just need to be a presence if a manager has to have a difficult conversation, like I've been through it all. So please understand that we're not just there to be on the manager's side or to hire and fire. There's a lot that goes under our umbrella.
0: And first of all, I just want to address what you said. Who does not like going to the company holiday party like what's wrong with y'all like come on y'all need to uh y'all need to work at home if you don't want Listen, to work, it go to a company holiday party
1: it depends on the company some true, holiday true. parties are dry you've Very been true. to one of the holiday parties I've definitely
0: been to some okay. holiday parties they and are... you've
1: seen me host so yes. any holiday party I'm involved in <laughs> is gonna be fire so
0: so I again you know just through my experience um and interacting with th- so many different companies and HR managers um that are out there There aren't that many that look like you. What is that experience like navigating a field where, you know, not only you're the minority, but the number of positions are literally one sometimes within that organization or within that location? What is that like? Um, And how do you deal with that when it comes to employees? that are also trying to navigate into perspective roles that they want to go forward and and realizing that it's not a lot of other people that look like them as well.
1: mm mm-hmm. So my first role in HR was a support role, and I was the only black woman. It was a majority female department. Well, it was all female, actually, and I was only the only black person. So I know you see a lot of, whether it's HR or whatever it is, you see a lot of minorities in a support role. Right. But for me, I knew that is kind of where I needed to start because I worked in the hotel industry, but I couldn't get a job in HR. So my, pl- my my plan was to learn HR wherever I could and then bring it back to the whole hotel industry. So that's what I did. And then when I got the opportunity to run a department by myself as the only one, I was the only woman on the management team, the only black woman to add to that. So I was around a bunch of men. I mean, there were some African-American males. It's different, (laughs) though.
0: It's different. It's okay. You can say it's different. It
1: is. And I think that I didn't realize how important it was for employees to see someone who looks like them i was just doing my thing thinking of myself like you know i'm just trying to move up the ladder i'm just here to do hr and be out and then i realized that people came to me because they felt a certain connection because you know i had women come to me because i'm a woman and then i had black girls come to me because they under i understood you know what's going on with their hair or maybe they're having baby daddy issues or whatever i provided a level of comfortability where They may not have had that before. Like people didn't want to come to HR. It was in the basement and we only got, we only went there if we got in trouble. But now, you know, I have an open door policy. I have a bright orange wall in the back, in the, excuse me, in the back of my desk. So people are more open to come to me. But as a woman in general, you kind of always have to walk around with a certain air of confidence, especially if you're the only woman in the room. So you want to make sure that you're heard. And then as soon as a male a male person tries to... I don't know over speak you or not take you seriously you step up even more and i think sometimes we you know suppress what we want to say because we don't want to be seen as that angry, angry black woman but in my tenure as an hr manager i haven't really come across that i don't know if it's just my personality and i'm able to get my message across no it's your personality the okay second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
0: this episode is really focused on creating environments of diversity within the workplace and how people struggle with that and overcome that as an HR professional that is carrying out that message with whatever the company is putting forth what what is your take on that when it comes to like how organizations put that in is it even in the forefront in some of these organizations is that something that comes up in the different roles that you've had Um, on improving diversity not just with do you are we do we share the same ethnicity but like you said you know making sure there's the appropriate number of women in a room and you're not in a meeting where you are literally the only woman and the only black woman that's present in that room like is that something that from your experience has been on the forefront with some of these organizations you work for if not what um, what the hell
1: I think it's more of an unspoken rule. Like We can look at certain positions and departments and think to ourselves, we need to be recruiting for you know minorities or women, but we can't outright say, we're not gonna interview this person because her name sounds white or her name sounds black or it's a male. We have to interview everybody who is qualified, but I think in the back of the, our minds, and it's a fine line because we can run into discrimination issues, et right. cetera, so I think, It's like a silent thing that a lot, at least the companies I've been a part of, um, have been trying to diversify but not boldly put it out there. So we may try to interview a, a bigger pool of candidates and hopefully we will. And then a lot of things I've, what I've noticed is that I don't see that many minorities applying or interviewing for higher level positions. Not to say that they don't, but I feel like there is a little bit of a fear that I may be the only whether it's male or female or black female or whatever, in this particular position, mm.
0: is that like? How does that you know? Like you said, you're, one of your focuses on is, is hiring and firing. Like, how do you approve and prove that? Um, you know, I'm I'm a. You know, I'm a dishwasher, you know, like Mm -hmm. you you talked about working in hotels. You know, I'm I'm a a dishwasher in a kitchen and I got some cooking experience. I want to make it to sous chef one day. You know, how do I how do you overcome that when you have employees that have the experience and have the credibility for those higher roles, but are afraid to step up and step forward because, you know, I'm the only one. Or I'm just gonna get shot down anyway, or they're all white anyway, so they're not going to, you know, I'm not gonna get promoted because I'm not one of the boys. Mm-hmm. Or as in, or in a girl in that sense, I'm not one of the boys. I don't speak the lingo, I don't speak the macho talk. So I already got one foot out of the door in that process. Like, how does somebody overcome that in an environment where they are the minority?
1: I think the first thing is. HR, we need to do our job as far as communicating that we want to do internal promotions. We want to move people up through the organization. So we need to be out there in the various departments seeing who is doing what, who has a good work ethic, who who is showing signs that they're ready to be developed and moved on to, you know, the next step, whether it's, you know, their dishwasher and they want to move up to, you know, busser or whatever the role is. But part of it too is that person needs to have the confidence to come to whether it's their manager. HR to say, you know, I've been in this role six months, a year, and I've seen the way such and such has done that. What are my opportunities? Can I interview? Can I interview? And um, if you don't feel like I'm a fit now, can you let me know what the areas I need to work on? So I think part of it is a combination of open communication, whether it's with your manager or with HR, and then having that confidence to know that you don't have to be in a particular role just because you feel like you don't fit um a look fit the look or you see the p you could be that change like i feel like i became an hr manager and i had somebody tell me like you know because you're in this role hr is something that i want to pursue now right so you never know who's looking at you for motivation inspiration or whatever but HR is not scary. We can help you in those areas. If you don't want to talk to your manager, come to HR and we can, you know, have a dialogue and figure out next steps for you.
0: I think one of the... Well, first, let me just say this. Some of y'all that are dishwashers should be dishwashers. (laughs) Um, You know, I think everybody that wants a position thinks that they rightfully should have it, even if they're not qualified, even if they've had discrepancies and issues in the current position that they, they have. But that aside, you know, I think because nah, i i've i mean i've been in a, a, that position a number of different times where you know i was the only black person in the room or i was the only black person in the front desk at the hotel and you know you i'm trying to get promoted and i'm trying to get recognized i'm trying to be seen and it, it's hard sometimes because you just that camaraderie isn't there when you are the minority uh, within that group you know you don't share the same interest you don't share the same background you don't um, you just come from a different place. So, you know, while I've had the opportunity of sell, excelling in a number of different positions, like, I, I definitely understand what it's like when it's like, yo, I'm definitely the only black person. I'm not getting that job. Like, mm-hmm. I know for a fact I'm not getting that job. And it's it's hard to overcome just, like, you know what, I'm going to be the one that's going to cause the change mm-hmm. within an organization because that's a, that's a big thing to overcome, being the only one that's fighting it. You don't know... The outcome, um, you don't know how you're going to be received for applying for it. You don't know if the other black people there are going to support you, the other men there are going to support you, the other women that are there are going to support you. You don't know. So, like, it's hard for uh, people to just overcome that that obstacle of, like, pushing themselves when their back's against the wall and they feel like they're the only one.
1: And a lot of what I'm hearing are assumptions. (laughs) Like, I... I've been there I understand but you're you know you're assuming that you're not going to get the role you're assuming what these other people are going to say, but you don't know that to be true. So um, I, my thing is take the leap, and then sometimes they really cannot, you can be a fit for the role, but, you know, it's not in the budget. Right. Sometimes it's that. So you never know what really goes on behind the scenes. Sometimes we lie to y'all and say, oh, we can't move you or create a new position for you right now. And then sometimes it really is you know, budget constraints and stuff like that where we could, you know, not be looking to fill that role.
0: So, but when you do have an environment, you know, because I think, yeah, Sometimes it's, it's it's in the mindset of the person that's applying for the position. You know they they've thought of all up they've thought up all of the obstacles that's going to prevent them from getting the position before they've even considered applying for it. And then when they didn't get it, you know that means all of their obstacles came true. Um, but there is something to be said. You know we know that a large percentage of of people that hold power within almost every organization is not women and is not people of color. Um, you know, so, you know, you do have that statistic that's working against a lot of people and, you know, for that person that is looking at that statistic and is feeling that vibe within their organization, what resource do they have when you have that opportunity? You, you, you do feel like that I got passed over a position because of who I am, not for my work ethic, not for my credentials that I bring to the table. I got passed over because like so-and-so's buddy or they play golf or they play basketball or they go to the bar together they go to cigar get smoked cigar whatever you know people do together Mm -hmm. that creates that camaraderie like how do what recourse do individuals have to overcome that when there is a bias that's in place when it comes to those hiring and promoting positions and and establishing diversity
1: ah good question um I would say don't be afraid to challenge. Let's say you actually take the step of interviewing and following up and thank you letter and then you find out that somebody else in the organization that you felt was picked because they're someone's buddy. Don't be afraid to challenge. I know we get scared to challenge managers, scared to challenge the higher level executives, scared to challenge HR, but we Can be challenged. You can say, you know, I interviewed, this is my background, this is my credentials, and I see that so and so got the position. Is there anything that kind of put them on a, I don't know, that they made them more qualified than I am? What can I do as far as? Maybe the next time a position opens up. So, I mean, I know it sounds like easier said than done, but it is an option and you can be you can leave a lasting impression. So I've had situations where we couldn't move a particular person in a, a certain role. But because they came to me and because they you know, were forthright and challenged me, then I was able to whether move it into a different position or maybe even create. That's not always available, but that could be an option later on down the road. Make yourself visible. And I get it. I understand there's bias. I understand you're the only minority. But sometimes it takes that one person to get in the face of the higher level executives for, to make them think, like, you know what? Even though they can't say it out loud, you know, we don't have a black female um in a management position, or we don't have a black male in the management position. If you notice, especially with our climate right now, there is a big push on diversity and inclusion. Right, for sure, so you're seeing a lot of black women in higher level directors, executive positions, because companies want to be viewed as diversified, and they don't want to exclude anybody. So they are making the moves, especially now, to um, you know show that they are a company that is inclusive.
0: I've definitely. Um been on the receiving end of a few like blackball situations because like i've pushed push fe- push buttons ruffled feathers mm-hmm. like i mean y- y- LaShawn and i have worked together in a past full disclosure and like yeah i i, pu- I push buttons sometimes in the places i work <laughs> and because you know and i i think you know i always think if i don't do it no one will mm-hmm. in-, in certain situations and sometimes that's you know sometimes that's falling on my own sword mm-hmm. um you know, but at the end of the day, I can't sleep at night knowing that I had the ability to speak up mm-hmm. and speak to uh, something that's just not right and that's not fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think everyone else thinks that way, though. Like, you know, like and it, and that sounds all like... I don't know, high and mighty and just and all of that jazz. But at the end of the day, like, (laughs) yo, like you about to get fired, bruh. Like, like, how do you how does somebody do that? And, you know, especially when it's an environment where, like, I feel as though I got passed over for a position because I'm a black man. And now I'm going to speak out against it. Like, it's like a 50-50 chance I might be blackballed just for speaking out against it, let alone, Mm -hmm. you know being considered for another position or a position that was created or you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like it's it's that's a tough it's a tough hill to climb and a tough boulder to push over that hill because that was a weird <laughs> analogy i just threw out there that was a very yeah country but i'm sticking with more. it i'm <laughs> sticking with it um it is it's it's t- it's a it's a tough challenge i know i personally battle with it you know when i see it on a regular basis and like there's times i've lost sleep over like oh like i cannot Like, let this slide. I can't let, you know, this person get away with this or get away with that. And, you know, sometimes it's not, you know, me personally holding them accountable, but letting them know that I'm watching them.
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm watching
0: what's being done. And like I said, it's definitely happened where I've been blackballed from from positions and organizations.
1: Yeah, I honestly think it depends on the organization because some organizations need button pushers. They need someone to challenge the status quo. So maybe if you bring something to their attention, they can say, well, we may look at we we may need to look at this certain procedure or policy or the way we're doing certain things because it's coming off. As this as bias as unfair as you know not consistent and then there's other organizations who don't want to be challenged at all and then you fall into a place where you know you're blackballed it really depends on the integrity of the organization right me for me for one if I if somebody brings it to my attention that a certain practice that we're doing is unfair because I'm all about fair but firm and consistent across the board uh working in a union environment has helped me with that
0: Union, don't even get me started on working (laughs) in the union environment so
1: yeah so um Honestly, it really depends. Ideally, we would want organization who, you know, aren't who aren't afraid to shake things up a bit. And if something is legitimately brought to their attention, like really looking at the process, like, okay, I can see where we missed a step. I can see where somebody may think that we're biased or unfair or whatever the case is. But and then two, come with some facts, like hearsay is not going to work. Like I'm a person in HR. What are the facts? Did you hear that? She said that they said that we said or you have concrete evidence?
0: I, 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 I 100% agree with that especially when it comes to uh, very specific claims of bias in, in the workplace those aren't um, those aren't small claims mm-hmm. when it comes to you know this person was bias potentially racist against me or sexist or whatever the case may be when it came to me receiving a promotion or even if it's not in the case for promotion even if that means just you know i'm my manager is a little harder on me because i'm black or a man or a woman you know whatever the case is so like i think there are there are significant repercussions when uh those types of claims are put forth so it's always important to to you know, bring those receipts when you uh,
1: <laughs> factual statements. When you, you coming with that? Part of the HR role is we need to investigate, even if it's a small claim. My first action, I remember at my previous job, people would want to tell me things, but then tell me, no, don't do anything, because they know I act right away, because I right. don't want to leave you know, put the company in jeopardy. I don't want this person to feel uncomfortable, so I'm gonna act fast. So no matter how small the claim is. If you're going to go to HR, most HR professionals will do some type of investigation, whether it's, you know, interviewing you, interviewing your manager, interviewing a coworker, just to make sure we're in the clear if nothing, you know, if nothing comes out of it, or if something, if we do find something, taking the appropriate action, whether it's suspending somebody, disciplinary conversation, termination, depending on, you know, what it is, and companies are not allowed to retaliate against you if you bring forth any claim like that.
0: I feel like I wanna push the buttons a little more. Oh. Okay. Because I, I I speak from experience when it comes to like like I said, being that like button pusher. Mm. And um you you speak very uh justly and very um honest in your actions and intentions. There are, that is very far and few in between when it comes to my experience and I and I th- can test to a lot of other people Um, at least within my network of uh, HR professionals. They meet a lot of fake personalities within the world of of HR. Um, And it it, it in turn makes them feel like they don't have a recourse and resource uh, to rely on when they bring some of these claims forward and and have all of these concerns about not just a diverse environment, but a biased environment, um, an environment that's, about retaliation that's about targeting a certain people that is about um you know keeping your foot on a certain type of worker or group of employees so yeah I mean I, I just think that like it's a, it's it, it can be a little challenging for that employee who who doesn't have someone like LaShawn as their HR representative like I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't even know if I have a question. It's just like just <laughs> me, like yeah, just a statement of mm-hmm. like you know that exists. Like that exists wholeheartedly with a lot of people. It's 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 existed within my experience. Um, mm-hmm. you know and that doesn't mean that I was always a hundred percent right on some of my button pushing. Um, you I know not to that. not to say that. Um, <laughs> but. At the same time, like when you have a workplace where LaShawn doesn't always exist and then suddenly LaShawn exists, that mm-hmm. doesn't make me still trust the organization or the process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me feel a little bit more confident their ability to handle those situations appropriately, unbiasedly, and, and, and investigate appropriately. I mean, I am I have a situation that like you and I were talking about recently where You know, it was almost like a full retaliation about to take place. um, Had I not intervened, like what? I don't know. I don't know. Again, like I said, I think this is just a statement event and Mm -hmm. just kind of like sure. And speaking to that person that like feels this because I know that that person's out there. I know, like I know, because those people that I've led and have been managers of, they've come to me in those situations, Mm -hmm. and you know, I've been in the situation where like yeah, like I see what you see, Mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes that hard evidence. Is it there or accessible to that employee mm-hmm. um, to, to go to the proper people to say, like, here, here's your receipts, here's the facts. Like, right. what do I do now?
1: Um, well, part of what HR is here for is this very same conversation you're venting. Again, I can only speak to myself, and I'm a part of, like, a group of young black HR professionals. So I feel that the field of HR is changing. I don't want to put anybody's age out there, but as the baby <laughs> boomers move out Year, we're the mo- I don't feel like a millennial, but they tell me that I am, but I'm on the older end of millennials. As we come in and fill these roles, it's not the same type of HR department. We're mm. more engaging, we communicate more, and we are a little bit more relatable. So I know there's not one of me, everywhere, but I would hope that there is some version of someone who is more approachable and engaging and someone you feel comfortable going to, you know, existing in these various organizations. If that is not the case, you still have the opportunity to, you know, if HR isn't satisfying your needs, who does HR report to? Who does that person report to? As you go up the ladder, people, of course, feathers get ruffled. But you don't want to have to end up going to like an employment lawyer because nobody wants to. But that is an opportunity, you know, as well. I would like to say, in extreme cases, or if you don't feel comfortable going above HR and all the way to the top, you have resources available to you outside of your organization.
0: And I think I I think what you just spoke to was part of solution. I know you're being very um, tactful, and the the mention of like baby boomers kind of retiring Mm -hmm. out of it, but like I think that's a huge part in the environment and divert and and style of management and leadership that has been in place in some of these organizations oh, yeah. uh, because it, it, it has been that, that crowd of, you know, basically what we say go and our mantra to challenge the, our style and the way we do things and the way things have always been is to throw everything into upheaval. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is somewhat the case but what you're saying is is there's more of you out there.
1: There is. I feel like we're bringing a new type of energy. Um we understand that somebody may have a nose piercing. We understand that someone may have like a tattoo on their hand. Like these aren't at least to us, these aren't deal breakers, but I've worked with Older individuals who felt like, no, this is not the look we're going for and this person could be, you know, a top-notch employee and because they have like a little infinity symbol on the inside of their wrist, Mm -hmm. you're counting them out. But us coming into these HR positions... Uh, we have about five or six tattoos ourselves. We have, you know, a mohawk for a hairstyle. So we're more, and I think that helps us be, you know, more approachable. I know that that has, not that I was trying to do that, but I think because I am who I am and I operate the way I operate, people are just naturally okay with, you know, coming to me. Like we could talk about Cardi B, we could talk about Nikki, but if I need to have a write-up for you and give it to you, I will do that. I think
0: this is a very surface level conversation. We could dive much deeper, especially when it comes to like, like you said, the baby boomer situation, which Mm -hmm. is a huge factor and not just in the workplace, but outside of the workplace Mm -hmm. with a lot of different things, but also, um, you know, the tattoos and there's a lot that I think we could dive deeper into, but I think this is a start of a conversation that hopefully a lot of people can take back and and start to have some recourse and confidence of knowing what actions that they can do, but then also like there are saviors out there. I think you just got to find the right representative and the right company to work for. If that's, if that's something, I know that's hard sometimes too, because there ain't a lot of good ones out there. (laughs) Uh Um, all right, I got one more thing before we go, and this is something that I ask to all my guests. What is your most favorite thing in the world right now?
1: Favorite thing? It
0: could be anything.
1: My favorite thing off the top of my head is my godson. How old is he? He, I don't know, five, four or five months. Nice. He's brand new. I'm not a parent. I don't think I would like to be, but having <laughs> a godson right now, like just seeing the different changes, seeing the joy that he has on his face when he hears my voice, because we do a lot of FaceTime. He lives um, out of state. So seeing that he's recognizing me and just to know that my friend really, really wanted a child and then he came and was a miracle baby. Um, he brings joy to my life. He's a great reminder that I'm not about that mom life. So the god mom life is for me.
0: Okay. That's a good note to end it on. I don't think anyone can say any negative anything negative about a, a baby. So but thank you, LaShawn. This was a this was a, a good talk. Um like I said, I, I think hopefully people will take this conversation back to not just to their network of friends and community but also where they work i think this is a conversation that should be held openly with like not just managers but also employees like employees need to be in my opinion at least a part of that conversation because it helps create a bit of transparency when it comes to people thinking that there is a biased or non-diverse environment being created and enforced so thank you michelle
1: you're absolutely welcome
0: Okay, I want to give a very special thanks to LaShawn again for sitting with me. Um, I think this was a conversation that I've wanted to have for a long time. Um, and like she said, it is something that a lot of companies and organizations are pushing towards to create a more diverse environment and a environment of inclusivity um, and making sure that people can see the potential that they can reach. I think it's really important to see the potential in representation within higher levels within an organization Uh, people need to see that they can excel within a company and that their heritage their ethnicity their gender the things that they are holding near and dear to them are represented within an organization that they're spending most of their life with Um, that's how you create Um, long-term employees that's how you create an environment of inclusivity Um, so hopefully this gives you guys something that again you can take back to your network of friends and community Um, it's a conversation that has to continue happening in order for it to be improved in order for confidence to be instilled with workers and employees Um, If you have any questions, any comments about this episode or any of my previous episodes, don't be afraid to email me at at realtalkatsalazcorner.com. Also, check out my blog. Um, I posted a new one a few weeks ago. I might be doing another one soon. That's on my website at Salaz Corner. And also follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Salaz Corner. I have a couple of new things down the pike. Um, I'm playing with some new different ideas. But I always love to hear what you guys think, some ideas that you have, some conversations that we should be having and some people we should be interviewing but that's it uh make sure you're grading and subscribing on apple podcasts um that's how we get our rank up so that more people can see this platform and more people can engage within the conversation um and more people can learn and grow well until next time, peace y'all